And it's 13 minutes after nine. It is Jet Set Breakfast right here on SAFM, catching us on 104 to 107. Um, our conversation now is surrounding entrepreneurship. Exciting, something that may trigger something beautiful in you. Come 2024, you may just be inspired. So Alan Reyes is the CEO of Reyes Corp. Uh, in 2008, Reyes was selected as a young global leader by the World Economic Forum. And in 2011, he was appointed for the first time as a member of the Global Agenda Council on Fostering Entrepreneurship, following a series of uh, entrepreneurship masterclasses delivered at um, Oxford University. And Alan has been recognized as the entrepreneur in residence at the University of Oxford's um, uh, said uh, business school. Good morning and welcome to um, SAFM. Thanks, Bertha. Uh, good morning to you too and to the listeners. Look, we, we are now reflecting and as we reflect on your work, we zone into how to make your moves as an entrepreneur in 2024. Many of us think we can make it. We start and then at some point we puncture. And here you are, you have had staying power. Yeah, well, that's a very important factor and something that I'm quite, <clears throat> quite passionate about. When you look at uh, entrepreneurship, there's two very uh, bad statistics. The one is that 96% of businesses that start fail within the first 10 years, most of them in the first two years. But uh, more importantly, uh, of those 96%, 90% of the entrepreneurs just give up. Now, in the rest of the world, and in particular in the US, the re-entry rates, in other words, the amount of times that entrepreneurs who fail come back into the system is 3.6 times. In South Africa, it's 1.1 times. In other words, we fail, we give up, we don't try again. And that's a very important statute. Alan, I think I think I have a little bit of a challenge with the line there. It's kind of like fading. Um, let's give it a moment. Are you there? I'm here. I can hear you. Oh, great. You're back. You're back. You just faded. I don't know why you faded. But yes, you were saying. Uh, I don't know where you heard from. Heard uh, the two stats: ninety-six yes. percent of businesses. That, you were talking about the stats. Fail. Mm. Yeah, and then w w of those entrepreneurs that fail, one point um, one tries again. In other words, most entrepreneurs who fail don't try again. And and that's a that's that's a terrible st statistics. Where where you look at the U.S. for example, point six times. In other words, entrepreneurs will fail 3.6 times before they finally give up. Yeah. And in, in the work that you do, I mean, you have been thriving um, ever since you, you started. Maybe you, you would, can you just break down for somebody who's catching our conversation what exactly you, you are zoned into? So I run a, a business called Raceful, um, which is a business incubator and um, basically an angel funding institution where we support entrepreneurs. And it's not true that I've been striving from the beginning. It's been five years and two months to make a profit. Uh, I started this journey 23 years ago, uh, way before uh, incubation, business incubation was uh, known or understood. And um, most people didn't want to participate. And most people didn't want to uh, fund it. 
And so, uh, to your point, there was a lot of perseverance until five years into the journey. And from then on, we've uh, grown from strength to strength. And we've had uh, nearly 16,000 businesses come through RaceCorp over the last 23 years. Uh, we've uh, produced many, many, many multimillionaires. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a passion project. It's, it's my life's work. Yes, I can. Oh, okay. There uh, you am are. I still... <laughs> I, I, I'm not so sure what is happening with 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 the line. Sometimes you know it's kind of like it's fading and coming back and fading. Um, but anyway, let's keep on trying. We've got to keep on trying. I like the fact that you know you were born an entrepreneur and your parents were entrepreneurs. Is that something that triggered you to get into business? Yes. Um, I, yeah. So first of all, I wasn't born an entrepreneur. No one's born an entrepreneur. But the fact that my parents were entrepreneurial meant that I had role models. Um, and when you look at the uh, academia around entrepreneurs, those entrepreneurs that are born to uh, those people who are born to entrepreneurs are more likely to be entrepreneurial. And so for me, is what's very important is that. We create role models in South Africa of entrepreneurs and those entrepreneurs uh, that are successful in, in South Africa uh, need to put themselves out there and become role models to other people in communities where their parents are not entrepreneurs so that they can look at entrepreneurship as an alternative to employment and an, an alternative to unemployment. And from your view, do do you think we have a unique style of uh, entrepreneurship um, in South Africa or as South Africans? Um, yeah, I think we do. I think just given our context, uh, given our history, given our it's called our pol- political and economic situation in South Africa, I think entrepreneurs in this country are forced to. Uh, make a plan often, you know, when the electricity doesn't work, when certain government services don't work, um, then entrepreneurs step in and, and make make a plan. And and to me, that is also an opportunity. So as an example, um, if, if government is not good at uh, delivering education, then the, the private sector will step in and, and provide education. If it's not good at providing security, the private sector will step in and provide uh, that uh, security. So, you know, in in every environment, one can look at the context and one can be negative about it, or as entrepreneurs often do, they look at the situation and say, well, I'm not complaining about a weak government. I'm actually uh, happy about a weak competitor. And so they step in. We're just going to take a small break. I'm speaking to Alan Ray, CEO of Race Corp. And he has actually, you know, won uh, quite a number of accolades. In 2013, he received the Entrepreneur of the Year Award at the Oliver Transformation and Empowerment Awards. And the following year, he became the country winner, regional winner, and continental winner of the Titan Award for Building Nations. Since 2014, um, he has become, he was a guest lecturer um, annually at Oxford University, where he's recognized as the ex- 
Oxford University said business schools entrepreneur in um, in residence. And in come 2015, um, we're talking about somebody who really has clout here, uh, received an invitation from the White House on behalf of uh, President Barack Obama to speak at the Global Entrepreneurship Summit held in Kenya. And we'll be chatting to him. Just uh, We're going to take a small break. And when we get back, we reconnect and continue the conversation. Also to figure out where do we differ in comparison uh, to other countries internationally and also just... Uh, you know, on the African continent, if at all we do differ. Baba Mal, African woman, talking to Alon Reyes, in case you've just tuned in, or maybe you heard us uh, speak a bit earlier on, CEO of Reyes Corp. And uh, Alan is a, a co-founder of the Entrepreneurs Organization, South Africa and Rural Roots, and is on the advisory and judging boards of numerous local and international NGOs and entrepreneurial awards. He is also, um, you know, an author of two best-selling entrepreneurial books, Lose the Business Plan and What to Do When You Want to Give Up. And um, I think our line is much, much better. Alan, welcome back. Uh, thank you. I hope it is better. It's much better by far. It uh, sounds much uh, better. Good. Uh, Great stuff. Uh, good. So we were talking about how, well, we were into the stats and I think we just passed over the stats to say in South Africa, it's about about one point something. When we fail, we give one. up completely. Yes. Um, what I was saying was that in South Africa, when we fail, we try again 1.1 times. So in other words, we don't try again in South Africa. And in the U.S., it's 3.6 times. And that's the that's the important stat in South Africa is that, you know, there's such um, a stigma to failing as an entrepreneur in this country, both uh, structurally, in other words, the, the banking system, et cetera, and, and culturally. So if you think about what we say in South Africa, you, we say, ah, shame, man. You know, people say shame. There's a lot of shame in, in failure. Whereas in in countries that have a high uh, re-entry rate of entrepreneurs, there's no shame in failing. There's actually it's a, a badge of honor, and in there's a fear of failing, but not a not a shame in failing. And so there is far more credence given to an entrepreneur that's been through uh, an experience of failing, where investors will then see that as a positive thing, and then. Um, are more likely to reinvest in that entrepreneur provided they've learned from their previous failures. In South Africa, that's not the case. Mm. And you've just spoken about shame, and I think it answers partly. I got a, a WhatsApp there that says, good morning, very interesting. Why uh, does the guest think that South Africans give up, give up um, at entrepreneurship so quickly? Is there Are there any other reasons yeah. apart from shame? <laughs> yeah, so it's a sh it's a well we're a shame-based society in 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 many re respects and um and that's one of the key contributors and also coming back to the structural impediments you know if you think about if you're a business person and then you you were doing very well before covid and then covid hit and then you lost your business it had I'm going to say nothing to do with you uh, you know, you were a great entrepreneur. You were in the, let's say, the entertainment uh, industry or you were in the uh, hospitality industry and then COVID arrives and then you fail. Now, how do you go back to the banking system and say, well, 
actually, I'm a very good entrepreneur. I just happen to be dealt a very bad set of cards. And please back me again. That's the problem is that once you've got that, you know, you've that black mark against your name in the, in our banking system, it's very hard to come back from a credit perspective from that from that uh, negative instance. And so that's what we have to start changing in this country, that banks need to understand that, you know, stuff does happen to entrepreneurs that's outside of their, their um, control. And they need to be more discerning when distinguishing between, let's call it bad entrepreneurs with bad business skills and great entrepreneurs have just been dealt a bad hand. And how would you describe the current state of entrepreneurship globally and here at home? I think I think it, that's a very complex question, but let me try and talk about South Africa for in the beginning. Um, so I think right now the state of entrepreneurship in South Africa is relatively good. If I look at last year and the year before, despite what you read in the papers and hear in the media, there is a there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are doing extremely well in in this environment, and so there's this lived experience where. People like myself are exposed to thousands of entrepreneurs and we're seeing those entrepreneurs, not, not everyone, of course, but on average, relative to previous years, doing much, much better in, in this environment. And yet when you read in the newspapers and listen on the radio and watch TV, you get a very different message. Now, of course, there are pockets of entrepreneurs that will be doing badly and pockets that will be doing well. So that, that's, I just want to put that out there. The second thing that I want to talk about there is the, the fact that I think it, on the other side of the, that coin, I think government has done too much of a good job in um, <coughs> giving entrepreneurship a good name. And why, why I say that, and, and this is from somebody who believes uh, in entrepreneurship, um, why I'm saying that is because when you tell people that entrepreneurship is easy, then they expect it to be easy. And entrepreneurship is difficult. And so you've got many people coming into the entrepreneurial fray who are expecting it to be easy. It's not easy, and then they give up. So I think there needs to be a lot more um, maturity around how we are, are telling the entrepreneurship story. Mm. And, and how, how does a new entrepreneur and an established one approach the new year and, and, and strategize for growth and profits? Well, I, I, I think that the, there is no new year for an entrepreneur. Any entrepreneur listening right now knows that this month is the same as last month is the same as the month before. We need to be strategizing all the time. I get that the fact that we we start we have this theoretical uh, thing called uh, January where we're supposed supposed to be control alt delete and start again and make all sorts of promises to yourself about what you're going to do this year, but successful entrepreneurs don't think that way. Successful entrepreneurs see every day, every month, every week, they see those as opportunities to to reinvent themselves and to to invert a comma started start again. So. Uh, when, when, when I'm get often interviewed around, you know, there's a recession or there is a boom, what do you do now? Entrepreneurs need to be doing the same thing no matter no matter that what the month or the day or the, or whether it's a boom or a 
or, or it's a recession. They need to be thinking about where are the opportunities right now? And what do they need to do in order to take advantage of those opportunities? And so we come into a new year now with an election. Great entrepreneurs are thinking about, well, what is this election going to do? What shifts is it going to create in the markets? Which markets are going to change because of uncertainty? Which markets are going to change um, b- because of the actual process of the election? Uh, and how can I, as an entrepreneur, take advantage of that? So that's what we need to be thinking about is what are the opportunities around us right now? Mm. I like your books, Lose the Business Plan, because that's the first mm. thing um, that you often hear if you want to start a business go and come up with a business plan send me your business plan and i also really understand where you're coming from because a business plan and actually implementing whatever you've written down can be chalk and cheese Mm. why why how why would you say that though yeah so it's not don't do the business plans lose it once you've done it lose it if you look at the um, academia around business plans business plans were actually built designed in the 60s, late 60s in, in the US by the banking system who in if you in, in America when you were looking for for money in the 60s, you went to the bank manager and you asked for money to buy a new tractor or whatever the case may be. And the bank manager would know you and your family. And then as uh, you know so they would know you and know you you know you Alon Rays and you you know I've watched you grow up and I know who you are. But as the bank started to expand and they they needed a different mechanism because the bank managers stopped knowing who their clients were. So the the concept of a business plan was designed in the late 60s by the banking system in the US and then it it took over, you know, it spread across the world. But if you look at basically at the, the, uh, the business plan, there's a lot of academia that shows that if you uh, there's no correlation between a business plan and business success. In fact, there's a there's a paper written in 1984 which shows a negative correlation. If you do a business plan, you're less likely to succeed. And what those authors of that that uh, paper were talking about there was that when entrepreneurs and any entrepreneur listing knows that when you go into business you have all sorts of ideas about what's going to happen and then reality it's and it's about being flexible in the moment it's about seeing those opportunities and doing something it's about navigating those obstacles that's far more important than than the document so when i invest in entrepreneurs i look at their ability to see opportunity to navigate obstacles that document, they're always those documents always look the same. It's a J curve. Year one, I need money. Year two, I need lots of money. Year three, I'm going to make plenty, plenty money. All they all look the same. Business plans. They never show you that they're going to fail. They all tell you how successful they're going to be. And yet, as we started this interview, I said, you know, I, I shared the st- stat that 96% of businesses fail, half of which are funded through business plans. So it's it's obviously a broken system. Yeah, I back the entrepreneur, not 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 the business plan. And let's talk about scaling. Does scaling your business rely on demand of your service or product, or can it be a strategic way uh, to move into new markets? Uh, well, scaling, uh, you, you have to have the demand for for scale. It's a, it's, it's both it's both of those things. Um, 
But when you look at, at businesses that scale, one of the key impediments to scaling a business is bad strategy and complexity. So the gurus on, on scaled explain that if you, if you choose a bad strategy, you're less likely to scale. And strategy is about making decisions. And part of that decision-making is where is the demand for, for this business going to come from, which markets, which products, which services, et cetera. So that's part of, part of strategy. So you cannot, theoretically, you cannot scale without demand in, in the long run. And, and choosing where to find that demand is strategy. So I don't know if I've answered the question, but that it's both of those things. No, no, you definitely have. And from your, from your view, some of the businesses, maybe have you seen any businesses in South Africa that have stood out and maybe there could be a reason and what could be that reason that they've stood out and succeeded? Oh, South Africa has got, you know, uh, um, South Africa has got huge, huge international success stories. Um, many of them are, are actually not told, but we, we've got huge success stories globally. Um, and I think it comes back to the, the entrepreneurs that you find in this country, which are hardy, they're, they're tough, they're used to a lot of uh, change. They're used to the hardships. And when they go into other environments that are far more stable, they, they tend to thrive in those environments because, you know, they're used to a much harder environment. If I look at um, the entrepreneurs within RaceCorp, you know, that we've had over the last 23 years and, and the ones that have succeeded, those, those uh, entrepreneurs, we've got many, many, many multimillionaires that we've generated. And if I... If I look at the who generally is successful, it's the ones that are understanding where markets are moving. And then there's almost if you if you ever body surf in in, in the sea, when you take a wave, you have to start swimming before the wave cra- crashes. It's those entrepreneurs that anticipate where a market is moving, and start to swim and start to in in vertical the swim. They start to move and get ready for that market opportunity before the market opportunity presents. And there are so many things that are moving in South Africa. There's so many different things that are happening here. And so, therefore, there are so many opportunities. And and everyone is doom and gloom about this country. I am incredibly excited about, about the opportunities. Last night, I had an international investor over for dinner um, who is South African, lives overseas now. And he's is investing back in South Africa, and I said to him, "Why back in? Why have you come back in, into South Africa now?" And he says, "We're seeing far more opportunity in South Africa, at a, even with political risk and and forex risk, even with those two, there's far more opportunity in South Africa than in other more established markets right now." Mm. So we've had 30 years of democracy, which is fantastic. How do we create, you know, a greater culture of small business solving the problems we face day by day? Uh, may, maybe I'm going to say something a little um, controversial here, but I know, if, you know, that's uh, maybe what we like to hear on the radio as well. Um, I, I think I think there's many policies that are inhibiting 
um, growth in, in South Africa for small businesses. Um, the one thing that I'm quite outspoken about is our labor law. If you look at our labor law, the labor law is designed to bring parity to power between big business and, and labor. But in small business, if you look at the amount of time that small businesses spend in the CCMA, and they don't want to employ, okay? And so, and I see this, we've got, you know, right now, we're incubating over 500 businesses in South Africa right now. And when you talk to the entrepreneurs and you look at their employment, they don't would rather take part-time staff than full-time staff because of the labor law. A simple change to say that there is a subtle but important difference between the labor law of small business and the labor law that relates to big business would have huge impact not only on unemployment, but it would have impact on small business because it would allow them to take the risk on, uh, on employing people who then increase the capacity of those businesses to then grow. And these, there's a lot of these little subtle things that government can do without too much effort that doesn't cost a lot of money where we would then enhance our small business environment. Mm. Yeah. I, you, you, you really have answered me. And the, I'm coming to your second book, What to Do When You Want to Give Up. Yes. What do you do? So any entrepreneur listening right now, um, if they tell the truth, they've wanted to give up probably many times, maybe even today. And I, you know, I've been doing this entrepreneurship thing for more than 30 years, 23 years in Race Corp, but, but 30 years in total. And I don't think there's been a year in, in those 30 years where I haven't wanted to give up at some point. You know, you wake up and say, why am I doing this? Why after all this time is it still so hard? And, and when you look at, at entrepreneurs that succeed, and I spoke about the fact that at one point they, 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 that 90% of the 96% of the businesses just wake up one morning and they, they say, I can't do this anymore. So the question is, what are the, the, the ones that are per persisting? What are they doing differently to the ones that are not persisting? And one of the key areas is the questions that they ask themselves. And what I say to entrepreneurs who come to me who are in the state of wanting to give up is, you know, they will often say, when is the right time? And my answer is, for as long as you can ask a different question to yourself and for as long as you can get a different answer, you persist. The moment you can't ask yourself new questions and the moment you can't get new answers, that's the time to, to give up. And this is not about rah-rah and about perseverance and all those things. This is a, a really, it's a, quite a mechanical thing, is to teach yourself how to ask different questions. I'm going to give you a quick example of that. Uh, before Race Corp, I was in, in, in the vehicle Oh, I've just lost my guest. Interesting conversation. I'm telling you, I can talk for hours when it comes to entrepreneurship and especially just uh, talking to Alan Reyes, who is the CEO of Reyes Corp. And if you are an entrepreneur um, and you are sitting out there and listening to this conversation, I think it is so insightful. And maybe you are just on the brink of saying, I can't take it anymore. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to just one step back and go back into it and, and retry. Uh, Alan, you're back. I'm back. Yes, you I were... don't know where you, I, I got cut off. 
we were talking about, you know, uh, when somebody's about to quit and you're giving some yes. some really insightful information there. Yeah, I wanted to give a personal example as well. You know, when when I was uh, before Rose Corp, I was in the vehicle, the vehicle security industry, and I, I was based in Durban at the time. And um, the business we had a, built a business to about forty people, and we had run out of money, and our investors refused to give us any more money. And it was coming to month end, and it was about the twentieth of the month, and there was no money to pay rent and no money to pay salaries, and we all already had. Uh, creditors sitting in our reception waiting for to be paid. So it really was a bad situation. And all I thought, uh, it's all over. And a man took me out for lunch. And, he, you know, and I'd rather say that he paid for lunch because I couldn't afford the lunch. But he took me out for lunch and he said, you know, how's it going? And I said, no, it's all over. It's all over. And he asked me about the business and I, said, and I was telling him about the business and this new technology. And he said, he was so excited about this new technology. So I said, but it doesn't matter because I can't pay the rent and I can't pay the staff and I can't pay, you know, the creditors, I can't pay anyone. So he says, ah, that's just a cash flow issue. And I said, no, no, but you don't understand. I can't pay anyone. He said, no, just tell me more about the technology. And I said, I can't pay anyone. He says, tell me about the technology. So I told him about the technology. He says, what you need now is other investors. And so I, I left that lunch with him saying, okay, he's going to introduce me to a whole bunch of other investors. By the end of the month, I had had, um, I had new investment into that business. Now, why I tell that story is because before the lunch, it was all over. I could not think of another way. After lunch, I had another way. And for many entrepreneurs who are about to give up, that simple thing about somebody else giving you a different perspective and giving you help is all you need in order to succeed. And so you don't have to give up. Just find those people to, to give you different perspective or learn how to ask questions differently. Mm. So um, this particular question is something that it's my observation so my observation mm-hmm. is, and you highlighted that a lot of um, companies that come in and want to invest when they employ, the labor laws hinder, uh, you know, the progress. And now you find that a lot of people are hired on part time and some on contracts, mm-hmm. very, very rarely on full time. What would be mm-hmm. ideal? Let's say I'm a company owner. What is the ideal of hiring, a, a, you know, individuals? Should I hire them on full-time basis, on contractual basis, on part-time basis? Um, well, the idea would be uh, in, 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 in another environment, Bertha, in another environment, full-time is the best. But you need, you need to be able to then, if the person cannot deliver uh, what they say, it needs to be easy to then fire that person. If that person says, I can do X, Y, and Z, and they deliver that, that's fine. But often what happens in, in our environment is that when you take somebody into a, a business and they cannot deliver what they say, there's a whole process that you have to go through, which takes months and months to, before you can exit that individual. And at, at one level, that's very important because you have to be fair. But on another level, I don't think it's fair when somebody says they can do something and they can't do that. They've lied effectively about their capabilities. And now you go through months of trying to exit that individual going through the proper uh, labor law procedure. 
Now, in a big business, that's fine. They can they can afford that uh, that uh, the few months. For a small business that's marginal, that's going month to month, they cannot afford that. Mm. So what they do is they make the the mistake of just firing that person, and the person takes them to CCMA. Now they're in a whole other story. Now they're at the CCMA and they. Are involved at the CCMA, and then they land up losing the CCMA case because they didn't follow procedure. Yeah. So they not only wasting time, but they also are, are now having to pay that money anyway. Yeah, Alan, I'm just going to take a small break. We'll be back. Um, let's just take a small break. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And it is Jet Set Breakfast 2024. You want to be an entrepreneur. This is the right place, the right conversations. And I'm speaking to Alan Reyes, CEO of uh, Reyes Corp. And he's regarded both locally and globally as a pioneer maverick in the business incubation industry and uh, also founder, CEO of Reyes Corp, which according to The Economist is the only genuine incubator in Africa and which currently supports over 500 businesses and um, just giving he's giving some insights when you're an entrepreneur what to when you're an entrepreneur what to do if you're about to give up don't give up and if you give up once you know keep trying again 10 times you never know when you hit it right Alan welcome back thank you so we're talking about uh, um, hiring people and um, you know the part-time the contract and the full-time and you were saying con- full-time is the best option but because of our labor laws it just becomes a little bit complicated so if we yes. if we rewind i mean because these labor laws are new labor laws they were readjusted at some point mm. in a, in an ideal world um what what would be perfect let's say i employ someone full-time I should be given maybe how how long should I be given maybe three months or six months to actually advise the individual I've hired who tends to be incompetent? How how long should do you yeah. think would be ideal? Yeah, I, I think if you look at probation uh, in, in the labor law, if you look at the probation part of the labor law, I think that's fine. Three months or four months probation is fine to work out if somebody can do the job or not. The, 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 what, I'm, what I'm saying here is that labor law in, in big business, with big corporates, mines, et cetera, status quo must not change because there's huge power in those corporates and there needs to be a counterbalance. In small business, we need to adjust it slightly. And what we're saying is that probation, if you look at the probation part of labor law, we need to be allow small business to say within probation period, if I don't see you adding value, I need to be able to exit you in a far easier way and, and a far less complicated way. Because if you look at the way that you have to exit an individual in, in a small business in, in three months or, or full time, it, it's the same thing. It's, there's, there's very little difference. So I'm just saying probation just needs to be probation. If you cannot, if it's three months and I work out, you cannot do what you said you cannot do. I need to give you um, perhaps one, one letter of warning, one way to, one point to remedy your, your, yourself. And if not, then, then to be able to exit you. Yeah. And that's specifically for small businesses. And you'll see small businesses employing far more people and capacitating themselves far more. Mm. 
And words of advice before I let you go. Hmm. Advice. Yes. Advice is that is that it's really a world filled with opportunity. Everyone is so doom and gloom in this country about everything. I don't see it that way. And and all the entrepreneurs that I'm surrounded with that are successful don't see it that way as well. They look for the opportunity. My words of advice to every entrepreneur out there is to look for the opportunity. Be deliberate about looking for the opportunity and surrounding yourself with positive people who can help you uh, through through your whole entrepreneurial journey. And for those entrepreneurs who are in the state right now who want to give up, don't. Ask yourself different questions. Get uh, advice from people. Reach out. Get support. There's so much resource around you to make sure that you can succeed. Just keep going and be one of those successful entrepreneurs and role models we so desperately need in this country. Alan, it's abs- it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and hopefully I'll be chatting to you at some point again. We need to have these conversations and thank you so much for making time on this Sunday morning. Thanks, Bertha. And bye for now.